0: all curious and we all love to learn, okay, yep. that's, that's a big thing, learning never ends.
1: Hello, I'm Jim Fox and welcome to the Luminovation podcast, where we shine a light on innovation, creativity, entrepreneurship, and the creative people who make our world a better and more interesting place to live. League City, Texas is a suburb of the Houston metropolitan area, it is located in northern Galveston County. The downtown area is lined with huge 100-year-old live oak trees whose large overarching limbs form something of a tunnel as you drive down Main Street. Just on the western end of the oaken tunnel, next to the railroad tracks, is a nondescript blue and white building. There are no big flashy signs in this building, and in fact, what signs that are there are small and nearly impossible to read from Main Street. But if you turn south on Park Avenue and drive a hundred or so feet, you'll see a tiny sign hanging on the side of the building, next to one of the doors. The sign simply says, Suite Number 120. 144 Park Avenue, Suite 120 in League City, Texas, is the home of Creator Space. Creator Space is just one of hundreds of such places that have popped up around the country in recent years, hidden in the back room or basement of your local library, or perhaps in a small building on the local college campus, or perhaps even in that nondescript warehouse looking building just off Main Street near downtown. To be honest, the plain metal and glass door labeled suite number 120 doesn't really seem all that welcoming, but let's try something new. Let's go inside and explore. What you'll hear in this episode of the Luminovation podcast is that suite number 120 is a place where you can see something new, do something new, learn something new, and maybe, yes, maybe, even create something new. Welcome to the Loom Innovation Podcast. We're here at the creator space in downtown League City. We're here with uh, some of the members and some of the folks that run this place. Hello, Brian.
2: Hey, how you doing?
1: Doing fine. And Jared? Yes, sir. Hey, and how about David?
2: Hi, I'm David. doing well.
1: Doing fine. Uh, tell us about the whole creator space you've got here. What do you, give us the quick rundown of this okay. place.
0: Okay, I've been here <clears throat> longer than anybody else has at this point. So we started about six years ago at uh, the back of EPO, which is a um, a legendary small electronic shop in, in Clear Lake. Uh, and it was a bunch of people with really bizarre hobbies got together and decided to, to share them with each other and troubleshoot each other's stuff and a lot of show and tell and uh, we grew from there. And we, uh, we've had a couple places in between and uh, earlier this year we got to this wonderful space in League City thanks to the city. So. Very
1: cool, yeah, I remember you were starting out at uh, EPO and uh, who knows who's listening to this thing and you know someone could tile dial, dial in from Maine or something. EPO is a um, small locally owned kind of a radio Shack on steroids, a mm-hmm. surplus electronics place. and <laughs> they've been around for decades and they were nice enough to provide you guys a home for a little while.
0: About three years um, we were in the back in the, the warehouse on the back two nights a week. Um, they let us put build up storage shelves for keeping our, our stuff. They we got to use their tools. And um, we were basically their tech support. When people came in with problems that they're having with stuff they bought there, stuff they wanted, were trying to do, they would go like, go talk to these guys on Tuesday. They'll answer all your questions. And so um, that that was the majority of our membership for a while. Because we've all shopped
3: there. We've all done stuff yeah. there. Great.
1: Jared, how did you get involved in this?
3: Oh, yeah, actually, uh, I learned about Creator Space through the uh, local library, Freeman uh, branch. And uh, they had a, f- a monthly uh, meeting of uh, 3D printing enthusiasts. And so they come and show off cool things that they've printed or get people into it. And a couple of the members were actually there. Uh, currently, uh, oh, it was at the time, it was our uh, treasurer and our secretary <coughs> were there. Uh, so they were like, hey, uh, if you like this kind of stuff, uh, come and check out Crater Space. So uh, we've got all kinds of neat things. And so I went the very next week uh, to one of the open houses, and I've only missed, I think, two weeks since then. Uh right. I pretty was good. Th- oh, yeah. No, I was uh, so enthusiastic about it that uh, the moment a uh, board membership uh, was actually available, uh, I applied for that. And now I'm the director of public relations.
1: Very cool, getting involved not only as a member, but as an organizer and a helper, that's uh, it's definitely good. That's sometimes a thankless job, but I'm glad that there's people out there doing those jobs and keeping the organizations running.
3: Yeah, well, uh, makerspaces are amazing places that most people don't hear about just because of the yeah. fact that there's so many you know engineers and you know people like that that aren't necessarily good at getting the voices heard by people outside that aren't in that community. That's right. It's a little bit out of their
1: skill set to do the, the PR and the advertising mm-hmm. and all of that. Most of us would much rather get our hands dirty and go build something as opposed to go and tell the folks about it. Exactly. That's yeah. why the membership,
3: yeah. in, but when I started, the membership had been about the same for a very long time. Yeah. Brian, how did you get involved in this?
2: Yeah, uh, so it was—I was not one of the founding members, but it was back in the back in the EPO days. Yeah, I went in to buy, you know, some strange electronics component, I'm sure, and just saw a flyer up for a makerspace in the back. And I'd heard about makerspaces, of course, and I was really excited to have one. So, yeah, that's—I got involved back then. Uh, back at that time, my kids were so young, uh, you know, I couldn't get me as involved as I would have liked to have been. But yeah, more and more involved over time. Um, I was an officer for a little bit, decided I didn't want to be involved that much, (laughs) (laughs) then uh, not an officer, but I, uh, yeah, anyway, so I, I love, I love being here, I love being part of the space, and been part of the migration to all our different locations, and it seems like each time we've moved around, you know, we've, kind of broken into a new circle. Like mm-hmm. People found us that wouldn't have found us before <coughs> for whatever reason.
1: Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's kind of always a neat surprise when something new comes around. You, you end up going through a little bit of a hassle or a get over a hurdle, and then guess what? A whole new opportunity opens up. So very cool. I'll open this up to all of you guys, anyone that wants to jump in. Uh, kind of describe to the folks what is the maker movement that's kind of taken over the last 10 or 15 years, and then why does it matter? Why is it important? Why why is culture and, and America better for this? Well, Dave's got a really good spiel on this. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Okay. Basically, it's easier to do this stuff than it's ever been in the entire history of humankind. Um, you know, even ten years ago, uh, you had to be an electrical engineer or a software programmer or you know, or a skilled tradesman to do most of the stuff that we do here. Uh, but with the advent of YouTube and the internet and cheap stuff from China, basically. Anybody can do this stuff. And that's one of the things we try to do is demystify the technology. A lot of people go, oh, I, I, I can't do that stuff. That's too hard, and it's, and it's not. Um, it, if there, anything you want to learn how to do, there is a whole series of YouTube videos. The hardest part is picking which one is the good one that you want to watch, <laughs> not finding one. Um, and I, I was telling you earlier, I retired from NASA, but a lot of the projects I was working on W- the equipment was so cheap because I was using Arduinos and and, and little, little yeah I was paying for the stuff out of my own pocket because it was easier than going through procurement, <laughs> and I realized I didn't actually have to show up to work to do this stuff, so <laughs> I retired.
1: Yeah, very good. You you uh, anyone else want to add to that? What uh, what is the it's, maker movement? Why is it important?
3: Uh, I I think Americans have really lost the uh, the will to be able to fix things themselves and realize the fact that they actually can. Make things with their own, you know, hands and with their own brain, uh, instead of just you know buying things and be a disposable culture. Uh, you know, makerspaces are all about you know repurposing things, uh, doing things that you didn't think were possible, uh, and bringing back lost techniques that we don't even use anymore.
1: That's yeah, that that's a fair input. You're right. We, uh, I mean, we're not too many years removed from having uh, TV repair shops that now basically no longer mm-hmm. exist. I think just even a year or two ago, there was one here in Leak City, right along this road that I don't think it's in business anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe it's over on Highway 3, but, but yeah, the the idea that, uh, you know, things are kind of more or less disposable now when the radio or whatever stops working, you throw it out and you go buy a new one. Yeah. Uh, It wasn't that way, you know, just a few years ago. Absolutely.
2: I think also along that line, you know, that's when things broke, we fixed them partly because they were you know, too expensive just to do that. So, so, uh, and now it's, you know, I think it's an opportunity, right, for, so I grew I happened to grow up on a farm, so stuff was always breaking, and you had to fix it. Uh, too, you know, it's too, too long to go to town and get a new part. Uh, but, you know, and when you grow up, you think everybody grows up the way you do when you're still a kid, right? And then become an adult and like, wow, you know, a lot of these people maybe never had that opportunity. Or, you know, in League City, uh, maybe, you know, or surrounding area, Clear Lake, like David mentioned, NASA's here. I, I work for a contractor for NASA. But most people maybe don't have the opportunities they would, adults and kids, to just get in and, and try something. And as as David said, I mean, there's so much out there, but sometimes just where to start, or really, can I do mm-hmm. it? So mm-hmm. we, we try to focus on that approachability. Like anyone can come. What's your interest? And and we are we are flush with uh, with knowledge in our in our different members. Because uh, you know, a couple of us are engineers, but most are not in our in our group. We have we have artists. We have machinists. Um, you know, we have kind of career mechanics. All, all kinds of all kinds of backgrounds. And so we can, uh, you know, a lot of the members here like to say, just come and we'll, you know, we'll point you to who you can talk to.
1: Yeah, you're right. We're kind of blessed in this area to have, uh, we're kind of in the shadows of NASA, uh, Johnson Space Center. League City, for those of you listening that are not in the area, is almost halfway between Galveston, Texas and Houston, Texas. And uh, Johnson Space Center is just a few miles down the road. But also we're right here in the heart of the petroleum industry. There's tons of oil industry and all the engineers and, and, and those kind of professions. And only a 20- or 30-minute drive from one of the uh, biggest and best medical centers in the country, the Houston Medical Center. So there's plenty of skill base around here of people to do this kind of thing. Uh, so certainly that has helped makerspaces in this area. But there is there any idea of what may have caused the makerspace movement to kind of come to being in the last few years countrywide that are maybe not in the shadows of Johnson Space Center or, or the oil industry? you know things like 3d printers are way cheaper now uh, laser cutters are affordable that a person could go buy one of those and put them in the garage any thoughts on those kind of changes that have made it possible well
3: other than the fact that uh... things have been getting uh, much cheaper uh... 3d printers are a quarter of the price they were just four years ago right. uh, well, one of the, the things with
0: 3d printers i think that's one of the things that kicked started uh... the maker movement across the country is the patents ran out okay before that 3D printers were around for like 20, 30 years, but they were like $20,000 pieces of equipment and uh, didn't have anywhere near the resolution of a $300 printer today. But when the patents came out, instead of a new feature being added by somebody going up through the chain of command of corporate and going down to the team of 12 developers who then you know, eventually a year later put that feature into it, everybody's got access to the source code, and everybody's got access to the designs, and and, uh, you've got 100,000 people improving the design, and then giving back their improvements. Uh, The Arduino was the next thing that kicked in, open source hardware, open source software. Um, So anybody can copy an Arduino, and they don't care.
1: And all of that kind of married with the Internet, where we can share data mm -hmm. and lessons learned instantly. Uh, You know, someone in New York could be playing with a 3D printer, and within a minute, the person in L.A. could take those same lessons and, and improve their 3D Yeah, premiere.
0: But yeah. it's the lack of intellectual property and the sharing of, of what we've done, the sharing of designs, the sharing of knowledge, uh, you know, and, and the, yeah, show and tell.
3: Yeah, and uh, you know, one of the parts that uh, a lot of people tend to uh, underestimate is the fact that uh, during this time period, you have a lot of baby boomers that are retiring and have free time in their hands mm-hmm. and have all these skills that they've developed over their life that they want to give back to the other people and make sure it, they aren't lost. So you have this whole generation that's, you know, putting all their skills and effort into teaching the new generation showing that you can still do these kind of things.
1: Yeah, that's true. And for decades, there's kind of been the, uh, the stereotype of the nerd in their parents' basement playing mm-hmm. with a ham radio or whatever, right? Oh, yeah. But, uh, but the maker movement seems to have blossomed way beyond that. Uh, we're no longer uh, surrounded by nerds in their basement, but there's these community-based uh, maker spaces that allow kind of those folks to come out of the shadows a little bit and get more mainstream.
2: Certainly. And what's great is you, you know, you, you, we draw in from the diverse community. You know, we mentioned the backgrounds of our members, but that's more than true for kind of new people coming in, especially our new members. Like our membership has almost doubled since we moved here four months ago. And, you know, most of those new members are a lot different than our previous members, a lot of them. And that so, helps, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. great, and it's exciting to see those see those new interests come in.
1: Absolutely, yeah. The, the interaction between inventors of all different types of skill sets and, and skill bases here in one workshop allows collaboration that just wouldn't be mm-hmm. possible if we were all working individually in our own basement. Yeah. So, you know, some guy comes in, and they're, they're really strong in electronics, but they don't know how to put a bolt together, right? So you, <laughs> you get teamed up with a mechanical engineer or a mechanical hobbyist, and before you know it, you're making a robot. Oh, yeah. And yeah. so yeah. Right. And those... I think
0: that's one of the, the, the things that possibly even differentiated us is that mo- when we first started, most of the people already had workshops at home. Nobody needed to come to Creator Space to work on this stuff. But it was the community of people. They didn't yep. be able to bounce ideas off each other or just show off the, the cool stuff you just did or ask questions like, I know how to do the machine, but I don't know how to do electronics. I know how to do software. I don't know how to do anything else. And, uh, you know, that. The community is actually what creator space is about, not the tools and not the tech. It's it's that that sharing. Basically, I think if we all just ran into each other in the supermarket. We would never, or a bar, we would like <laughs> never become friends or never become colleagues. And and but somehow this has brought
1: us all together. That but now you're some version of a teammate. Yes. Uh, yeah, exactly. So imagine like yeah. a basketball team playing or practicing with five individual practices for each huh. forward, guard, mm-hmm. center. But uh, come together as a team, and you can do things uh, you know, that you mm-hmm. couldn't do individually. What are the, some of the demographics of of your uh, members? You know, old, young, male, female, uh, those kind of things. Talk about
3: from eighteen. Uh, yeah, eighteen's th-
0: the youngest so we'll even let somebody become a member. So yeah, have just a for safety reasons, I'm sure. yeah. yeah. I'm sure. yeah. And yeah. we have one okay. that
3: literally just turned eighteen a few weeks ago. And membership uh, on day one, right? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all the way up to um, what is it? Late sixties, early seventies? Yeah. So uh, across the board, uh, we're getting, uh, the new space is attracting more younger members.
1: Oh, that's a good thing. Uh, yeah. Good.
3: So we're getting uh, cosplayers from the local community and things like that mm-hmm. uh, coming in. Um, and people that are, you know, just kind of just finding us. It's, it's really neat. It's not the old established people that, you know, they know someone who knows someone who knows someone. Uh, so it's, uh, we get those too. Okay. We get a lot of those. But uh, it's nice, you know, people randomly coming in and, you know, asking, hey, uh, so how'd you find us? And they're like, oh, I just saw the place and I figured I'd walk in. We're okay with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, think.
0: I would say about a third of us are in our fifties and above and everybody else is young. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. That's the line. Huh? Wait, yeah.
2: wait. It depends.
3: What's your qualification for young? Under 30? Yeah. Um, <laughs> that changes over time. Yeah it, yeah. It yeah, it does. Exactly. Yeah. Well, All right, Brian, I'll put that. you on the spot here. Sure. So.
1: Make a kind of a quick rundown of. I mean, we're sitting here in one of the rooms of the of the Creator Space here. Yeah. Make a quick rundown of just the different types of activities you do in this space.
2: Okay, this particular room. Well, this. I mean, is well, I mean the, the oh, entire okay. the well, entire I, building. The all right. Facility. Well, the room we're in is my favorite space, so we'll start there. <laughs> so okay. this is the this is the commons, and I like it because um, it's what's open any Tuesday night. People come and can bring a project, or this is even members will have their projects going on in here. So you never know what you're going to find from one week to the next.
1: Robotics class today. When I walked in, you guys mm-hmm. were putting together some robotic stuff. But. Yeah. Yeah,
2: robots rolling around the floor mm-hmm. people having a lot yeah. of fun with that which we be
0: sure.
1: making next week
0: so. <laughs>
2: but yeah. we'll have you know some uh, foodie foods that are being made and <laughs> Jared's guilty on that refine oh yes. making yeah making those um, all kinds of projects in here. but our other rooms we have you know we have one dedicated uh, to do more traditional manufacturing so we have a, a lathe and mill and like metalworking tools uh, woodworking tools, a CNC router uh, for plywood and aluminum. Um, out in the back, we have, uh, a, a, we have a great covered outdoor space, which is new to us, and, and not every makerspace is, is so blessed. Uh, but we're putting in a blacksmithing forge out there. So, yeah, that so, was, that's neat to see several that. Several of our forward. members, uh, including my wife, are really excited about <coughs> getting that going. Uh, we have rooms dedicated to electronics, where there's every resistor and capacitor you would ever uh, want to have in there. <laughs> uh, we have a room dedicated to 3D printing. And we have a laser cutting room. Uh, a room for for crafts like leatherworking, um, and also we're getting our uh, art capability up in terms of painting. So we have some art art on the walls, mm-hmm. and we're looking at getting some easels. Yeah, I think, I think we already have paint and some other materials. There's some paints there. and stuff in there, and the and sewing
0: machines.
1: Are yeah, in there. I see a sewing oh, yeah. machine. Yeah, yeah, that's another yeah. thing. Excited I was going to ask about that. Uh, art is um, generally. I, I don't. Maybe I'm wrong here, but I, but I don't think art and music are generally uh, activities that would fit in a traditional makerspace. But talk about that. How can how can there can be a better incorporation of those things into these kind of spaces?
2: Yeah, I think it makes perfect sense. You know. Um, our name, Creator Space. We love to create, and yeah. I think we've all got that intrinsic drive to to create things and build it. And it's one of those things with, where you you feed it, it just gets more hungry. <laughs> um, and so we love creation and creativity, you know, creating <laughs> in all realms, and including including the arts. So we have we do have things that are not. I guess on display here but
0: um most of them are in the yeah the, the lounge the lounge the but lounge we have we've too. had sculptures
2: <laughs> and again with blacksmithing there's a lot you can do so i'm just i guess those are some of the the interests our, our group has right now mm-hmm. it makes a lot of sense though i mean the creativity that you come up the creative mind that comes up with a beautiful art piece is very similar to one to solve some Problem, right? Yeah, and
1: yeah. I, I can even imagine what we're doing right here with audio and video production that uh, you know, you could get a few people interested in mm-hmm. having you know, room dedicated for oh, that yeah. of how to do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Certainly.
3: We, we've had people ask about it. Yeah. yeah so that's, that's,
0: that's a possible, yeah, that's a definite possibility in the future. Um, there's a lot of tech and art. There's a lot of, it's a yeah. lot of the same sort of mo- the yes. way you frame things it in is. your yeah. mind. It's like, what problem are you trying to solve? Most artists, how do you work around the medium you're working with? Paint you have to do certain things yep. and you can't do others. Sculpture the same way. Sewing it's got its own things. Uh, sewing's got a whole lot of tech actually. So ever right. been to the quilt show? Half of it is just machines. Oh, it, it, <laughs> yeah. it's amazing how
1: and complex some of those sewing machines. Yeah, yeah it's,
0: yeah, it's crazy. Um, but we're actively that it's something we're we're intentionally doing. It's trying to get more artists and, and stuff involved.
3: Uh, speaking of which, next month uh, is actually going to be music making month. Yes. Uh, September. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. So we're going to be making instruments and making music and you know that kind of thing.
1: Circuit bending. Wow! Yep. So you uh, hear that, musicians out there? Uh, get a move <laughs> on to League City. Come check this place out. That's mm-hmm. really good. Yeah, that's why? Uh, so speaking of that, so music could be a good reason to come and be involved n- next month. But mm-hmm. what what is the typical reason why a new person walks through the door? What are they looking for? What's the what's the typical want uh, of, a, of a new customer?
2: Is there a typical? Uh, no. No. <laughs> honestly, <laughs> really?
3: honestly, the typical thing that uh, I see people coming through and wanting is more of a place where there's people like them. Okay. Uh, where they feel like they're not the outsider anymore.
1: Yeah, it kind of goes back to the nerd in the basement kind of thing. Exactly. Right. So uh,
3: where there's yeah. people that you know, uh, on a base level, j- they just get you, kind of thing. You yeah. know. Yeah.
0: And that that was always the community. The sense of community is like, yeah, you walk in here and, and like you know whether you fit or not. Kind of. It's like people do get it. You don't have to explain why you're doing something because there, there isn't. A, that's not the right question. <laughs> You're doing it because you can. You're doing it because you've never done it before.
1: Yeah, that's it right. Doesn't,
0: you're not necessarily solving a problem by doing these things. It's
1: the exploration yeah. is almost more important than the actual finished product. Exactly. You're going yeah. to do something new and different, and, and, and
0: learn and it. And so people walk in the door, get that. Some people just want to rent tools, and we do not. We're not like, you know, give us X number dollars an hour. You can use our, our, our CNC machine. We basically yeah. won't do that, because uh, that's not what we're about. Yeah, we've turned people away for that before. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You've mentioned the, the concept of just coming and doing something just for the pure sake of doing it, mm-hmm. but have you had uh, any, uh, I guess, co- commercial successes with Project Many here, either on Kickstarter or a real product out on the market?
0: Um, not quite yet. We've uh, one of the reasons League City is, has, has given us the, the space is to help entrepreneurs and small businesses get okay. started. Um, when you're starting, uh, there's often a lot of like technical issues. Prototyping is the traditional thing that maker spaces can do. We can help you build the, the first one of something and, and all the different problems you, you have doing that. And then you can take it to market. We, So we have a number of people doing that sort of prototyping out of the space. Uh-huh. And, and that's something we also actively encourage. Uh, we had a huge amount of discussion uh, early on trying to figure out exactly what that meant to us, but we decided as long as everybody's cool together, it's fine. That kind of turns
1: into a slightly different business model, doesn't it? When you get into it, can trying um, to make products
0: right. We're not an incubator. We're not. We don't have any of the support systems of financing or publicity or media or that kind of thing. But we can help you as long as we're not on your critical path for like tool use and stuff like that. Uh, we'll accommodate almost anybody. Getting, so I've been through yeah, the, yeah.
1: the tech shop over in North Austin in Round Rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think tech shop was the first uh, national chain of these kind of places, of, of maker spaces. There's maybe others now, but tech shop is probably the granddaddy mm-hmm. of those. Yeah, And I've been in that shop before, and uh, I had a membership over there for a little while. Okay. and. Their shop is pretty much amazing, but they're they're a business with multi million dollar funding to mm-hmm. go and do these things. But I know that a big part of their membership is people trying to make a business, trying to make mm-hmm. a product that I can sell a thousand on my Kickstarter yeah. or wherever, mm-hmm. and that's that is a completely different type of business than what is mm-hmm. typically done in a small community based oh, yeah. creator yeah. space. Base.
0: Right.
2: Yeah, uh, but yeah. as you know, as David mentioned, we do have those that are pursuing their prototype, yeah. and we. It's not our, it's, I guess it's not our bread and butter, or we. I guess we should, I should say, you know, we don't have any paid staff. We're all volunteers. Yeah, mm-hmm. So as as volunteers are ready and available, they. you know, and interested, then, yeah, yeah they'll help you out. Well, Once, do, one
1: of the things I'm, I often say, we're full of free advice. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. How do you think the uh, Kickstarter movement in the last, I don't know, five or ten years, however long that's been going on, has kind of boosted you guys, and not just you, but the other groups in the country like you, the Kickstarter has provided a market for products that can be made in these kind of spaces, mm-hmm. uh, or at least at a generic level, they can be made in these kind of spaces. How do you think that the Kickstarter success uh, has helped you guys specifically here and then nationally?
0: I think, um, again, it isn't particularly our business model. Um, we're, we're focused more on community than, than things. Uh, so we haven't really done, I don't think anybody here has done a Kickstarter um, or has really actively played in that space. Um,
2: it's more the general, you know,
0: I think it changes
2: the culture. That's what I getting. To that's what I have this idea for this thing. I can either call the late night infomercial and try to patent it, you know, from the jumping monkey yeah. guy. Or, or Wait, try those? to get a, you know, <laughs> knock on doors of all these companies, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, so so th- used, that used to be the model, but now it's, yeah, you know, Joe Maker can, in his... Mm-hmm. Creator space or his maker space can go build the thing and now you know get a campaign going. See if there's sufficient interest. Yeah, that's that's kind
1: of that's exactly what I was trying to get at. Is you know, 10 years ago or 15 years ago, uh, if someone had uh, the world's greatest idea of how Mm -hmm. to make something or how to how to sell a million of something, there was no viable path for an individual to go and do that. They didn't have the money to start a factory. They didn't have the money to go make 100,000 of these things at a factory. Uh, But Kickstarter has now opened up doors that that have now provided the the you know the way to do that. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of mindset gets changed and then that yep. I think probably drives memberships to to mm-hmm. places like this.
2: I think it's well, yeah. enabling in general, right? You yeah. you just see that and you're like, well, you know, I'm whatever, I'm, you know, young woman, young man and I have this idea. How could I possibly? No funding. How could I do this? But it just changes the whole mindset of anyone. It's you know what we love—the thing we love to push—is anyone can do this, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and that is that is our platform—is accessibility. So if you've got an idea for Kickstarter, we'd love to love to hear about it, right? (laughs) Very good.
1: Yeah, Yeah, that's that's uh, Kickstarter is just such an amazing venue. I could Mm -hmm. I could make a whole show about uh, Kickstarter experience. Um, But you you mentioned enabling uh, new skills and and such in. in, Members and people that walk through the door. Talk about some of the classes you guys offer here and how that works.
3: Okay, um, we're, we're relatively new to classes. Okay, uh, we've only done really a handful. Mm-hmm. Um, we've done soldering, uh, Arduinos, um, lay machine lathing, um, laser. artistic uh, laser cutting. I <laughs> uh, had to put in the artistic mm-hmm. there. Um, And we actually currently are in the middle of a uh, robotics course. We actually build a small avoidance robot uh, from bare bones scratch using an Arduino. Um, In the future, we actually have a class coming up on uh, making jewelry using uh, computer parts. And uh, if everything works out, uh, I'm going to be reaching out to a lot of local uh, uh, artists and uh, machinists and stuff like that as soon as the forge is finished, uh, to actually start bringing in external people to do classes as well. Oh, nice. Okay, mm-hmm. get trained professionals to come in. and Exactly. Okay, very yeah. cool. Are there any other classes that are
1: maybe on your radar that like that when you don't quite have the, the capability to do now, but you may in a month or two? Are there any other classes cool. that are on the radar?
0: The, the, one, the ones we do repeatedly are the Arduino class, the laser class, and stuff like that. Uh, 3D printing is that through both mo- 3D modeling and 3D printing are classes we're going to probably have to have in the, in the near future. Another one that we're getting a lot of requests for is like soldering and, and, and jewelry making. Um, as opposed to soldering for electronics, it's, yeah,
1: it's, it's a completely different different yeah, thing. I've done right. put a little bit of stained glass in the past, yeah. and then yeah. an electrical engineer in me, I didn't so know so how to solder,
0: little, so it's a completely different. Yeah, so it's different. a little silver soldering. So we're looking. We for actually somebody. have a couple people that
3: want to do a yeah. uh, teach a stained glass class that I've talked yeah. to. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, We've also had several software classes, right? We had an um, oh. Autodesk Fusion. Yeah, so a three D modeling stuff, there's the, the 3D CAD 3D stuff.
0: Uh, we we'll probably will actually be doing a Python class. I'm getting a lot of requests for that now, so maybe like an introduction to programming. In pi- using Python, it may be more advanced than that, but um, I've got a lot of people who, yeah, are not comfortable with keyboards and, and would like to learn how to do that. So, so
1: how does uh, so le- let's say that there's uh, um, Joe Lunchbucket America walking mm-hmm. down the street and uh, he has no experience in these things, but he decided, you know, today is the day I'm going to learn how to solder. How do mm-hmm. they, how does that process go for a brand new person to walk in the door and? Uh, Walk us through that.
0: Okay, um, one of the reasons we didn't do classes beforehand is that it, um, it wasn't necessary. We did demonstrations of works, workshops and things like that. But you know, when you take a class, you want to learn something, so you yeah. have to have a deliverable at the end. Um, some people want classes, okay, which is the main one of the main reasons we did. Also, it's a revenue stream. Um, but you can ask somebody who knows how to solder. That's the thing, you, you know. And there's a bunch of people who, are, and almost everybody here will take the time to to walk you through the basic steps of it, uh, they'll either do it one on one or it ends up basically if you're doing something, people walk over and are like, hey, what are you doing? And then next yep. year you've got lots of people helping you learn how to do that.
1: Um, and then of course YouTube is your friend, like you mentioned earlier. You yeah, know, there's hardly anything. And other that's... people,
0: yeah, want to basically do the YouTube. Other people want to do. Print. Some people want to basically have the time when they're here by themselves to sit there and step through all the laser menus and learn all the ins and outs. And they need that sort of one-on-one time with the machine. So th- all these things are supported here.
2: Yeah. So, yeah. Soldering is a, a great example, though, because yeah, just, oh, if you want to learn soldering here, just show up on a Tuesday night and <laughs> ask. Yeah, and, and that's look, something and you learn can. To
1: you can learn at least at a basic level in 20 minutes. You know, <laughs> there, there are some more right. things that could take longer to learn, but at a very basic level, you can solder two resistors together and learn how to do that exactly. in 15 yeah. or 20. Now minutes.
2: do a sheet of LEDs. And yeah. Right, right, right. So, yeah. yeah. Just keep doing, yeah. Keep yeah. practicing, you'll get better. <laughs> we keep saying Tuesday night. That's because that's our open every week. Every Tuesday night at seven is our open house, so anyone can come for free, toward the space, and yeah, if you want. And that's 7 soldering.
3: p.m. We have had people show up <laughs> in the a.m. <laughs> 7 p.m. <laughs> yeah. Tuesdays. I'm not awake at 7 a.m. The (laughs) rest of the
0: time it's members only. So uh, um, basically you have to be a member to use the tools and and the stuff. You do not have to
3: be a member to take the classes, though. No, no, not at all.
1: Actually, I was going to ask that. I'm glad you threw that in. Could could someone use this as a viable way to change careers? Let's say that they've been a, uh, I don't know, a salesman at the 7-Eleven for 20 years, and now they decide I want to be uh, a technician. Um, Could they actually come in here and, over a period of six months or a year actually learn enough skills to actually change
3: careers? Uh, we don't do certifications, right.
2: <laughs> but yeah, I think I think it's a great place to test that out, right? It's like I'm yeah. may, I may I really like all I'm hearing about Internet of Things, for example, and and, Ar- and Arduinos. Uh, how am I going to see if I really want to do that? And you know, kind of. <coughs>
0: draw energy
1: from that. Yeah, show up, you know. And it's a very low risk way to learn that, rather. It's 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 more the
0: other way. Do I have an aptitude? Do I have a passion for this? Have I ever done it before? How would I know? So you get to play with these things and try them out, and you might find out you hate electronics. You (laughs) never (laughs) want to do that. Which saves you, like, a couple years of of going to school. (laughs) Or you love
2: it, but you want to keep loving it, so you keep it a hobby (laughs) and not your job, where you might start hating it.
1: But you hit on something there that, that my involvement in FIRST Robotics over the years, I've I've uh, learned a bit too is that you know, we'll bring students in and teach them how to wire a motor or whatever mm-hmm. it is we, we, we subsystem those students are working on. And after a year or two of that, they realized that, uh, all right, I gave it a legitimate chance, and now I, I realize that engineering is not for me. I want to be an accountant. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but you know what? That is a win, too. It is. You know, yes, that, it is, is. A, that is a yeah. win. So you, you learn what you don't yeah. like, which is going to save you thousands of dollars and in and college. And then, all,
0: you get that catered just man, this is my life. So I'm going to yeah. do this forever. Yeah. So, yeah. so coming and
1: exploring and finding what you like and, and mm-hmm. don't like is, is a win, even if it doesn't yeah. seem like an obvious win. Oh, yeah. That's definitely a good thing. Talk about some of the, uh, actually right now is a good time. We, we've got mm-hmm. uh, some equipment going on in the other room. Uh, I don't know if that's a lathe or a shot bot or something. Talk about some of the dangers and how you handle the safety issues in here. And You guys have still got all your fingers and toes and ears <laughs> and everything is good. Uh, talk about how you handle that when you've got random people coming in off the street and memberships. and.
0: Okay, well, it's one of the reasons that people off the street don't get to use the tools because we can't okay. vet them. Um, we try to keep these processes as informal as possible. Um, So we don't have a formal way, like, I want to use the lathe, you know, how do I go about doing that? That's one of the main questions. You sit with somebody who knows how to use the lathe, and they will basically help you learn how to do it, or, you know, we've had one guy, it was actually one of my students, was like, never let him near a piece of of, of moving equipment ever again, you know? It was like, (laughs) 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 Um, but... So it's, it's an informal sort of uh, mentorship apprentice kind of thing. A lot of the equipment, like 3D printers, is really hard to hurt yourself. Even the laser, it's actually relatively hard to hurt yourself. You have to work at it. Uh, it's not impossible. We've had members try. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, can, you, can, you can do a tattoo on yourself. But uh, but the rotating equipment, the power tools, the lathe, the milling machine, um, those kinds of things, we uh, are a little more reluctant to just let anybody walk in the door and do it. So normally there's a talk to the guy who knows how to do it. And if he thinks you know what you're talking about, then you know, become a member and you can use this equipment.
1: Very so, good. I think oh. right here we'll take a short little break uh, and get a word from our sponsor, and we'll be back in just a few minutes. Let's break out of the program here for a few seconds to give a shout-out to our sponsor, Posometry, the hardest puzzle you'll never solve. If you love working on challenging, unique, and beautiful mechanical puzzles, then you've just got to try Posometry. P-U-Z-Z-O-M-E-T-R-Y posometry.com. They have three different puzzles to choose from, and all are for sale at Posometry.com. Check them out. You'll be glad that you did. I want to thank you again for tuning in to the Lumen Innovation Podcast, where we shine a light on innovation. Now let's drop back into the program where we are talking to the folks at Creator Space. Welcome back to the Lumen Innovation Podcast. We're here at the Creator Space in League City, Texas, just about halfway between Galveston and Houston. We're here with Brian, Jared, and David, and let's get started back in by talking about the whole maker movement. And guess what? We've got a event that travels around the country in various different cities to kind of celebrate the maker movement is called the maker fair and it's coming up here in houston in a few months um, Jared, do you want to tell us a bit about that
3: uh yeah we're actually the fourth largest maker fair in the country uh it gets bigger every year by leaps and bounds and this year we actually have the uh heads of raspberry pi will be in town all the way over from the UK to uh, release their new Raspberry Pi Jam. I like Raspberry Pi.
1: It's really good with the uh, whipped cream on top. Is oh, it is, isn't that? it? Yes. Oh, you're not talking about <laughs> No, that. no, no. You're talking
3: about the electronic Raspberry Pi. Yes, the mini computer. Yes, those are cool, but you can't eat them. <coughs> no, well, you can try, but it, you wouldn't be very successful. Okay. Um, but no, they're doing a big reveal here. It's going to be. It's going to be pretty major. New product coming out. Oh, new product, the Raspberry nice. Pi Jam. Uh, they were going to release it okay. over in the UK, but it turns out that the Houston market is actually the largest uh, Raspberry Pi buying market in the U.S. Really? We just, we yes. just bought six wow. of them this summer for work. So <laughs> yeah, 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 you like helped by, out. <laughs> exactly. Uh, supposedly by a pretty big margin, too. Okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, if you actually go to uh, either craterspace.org or to the Maker Faire website, just look up Houston Maker Faire, uh, you can actually uh, buy tickets online. And if you Im- input... Uh, Creator Space, as the discount code, you'll get 20% off all your tickets.
1: 20% is a lot of money for those. Do that again, the web, website and the code. Yes, uh, the website,
3: uh, our website is creatorspace.org. There is a link there that takes you directly to it to buy your tickets. And uh, you can actually uh, look up Houston Maker Fair, And uh, the top link will you know, take you right to the website, and you can order the tickets there. And the uh, discount code is creator space. one word,
1: all lowercase. Very cool. I've been to the Maker Fair here in Houston since way back in the very first year when it was over in Sugar Land.
2: Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: And then we're, we've now, the last several years, been at the GRB, the big convention center right in downtown Houston. It is a large place. And we pretty much fill up the entire first floor of that place. It's, it's really kind of an amazing event. Uh, talk about uh, what all a person could see at that event. Well, oh, it's all
0: the Maker fairs in the city. There's uh, about half a dozen um, scattered around. And, and you mean maker yeah, spaces? Maker yes, spaces, yes, maker spaces in, in the city. Um, the, a lot of the robotics teams, the high school robotics teams and middle school robotics teams will be there. Um, Children's Museum. Libraries. Uh, um, a lot of libraries, there's a number of maker spaces in, in, in local libraries, particularly county libraries. But a lot of the schools also have, um, Houston Community College is a big. Big booth. All the Lego people in the city are going to show up. All the different Lego user groups, lugs, and uh,
2: <laughs> electric vehicle like DIY group. Is yeah, there. yeah, yes. And all um, kinds of hands-on. There was a
0: tiny house last
1: year. Yeah, <laughs> it is, I kind of, you kind of nailed what I was thinking. That it is kind of like a children's museum on steroids. It's mm-hmm. so hands-on. Uh, there's there's so much there, and the, the GRB, the George R. Brown Convention Center is, I don't know how many blocks long that place yeah, is, it's but it's, yeah. it's very, very long, and it, every booth is something you can put your hands on and touch and learn and see. Right.
3: Well, this year we're actually doing a whole lot more. Uh, I'm actually helping out with uh, the planning of some of the stuff for the, uh, the Maker Fair, and uh, we're actually going to be doing joint projects between some of the Maker Spaces, where you start you know a project that you actually take to the next makerspace, and they oh, help you wow. with the next part of it. That'd be pretty good. Oh yeah, <laughs> and uh, we're actually going to have a cosplay creation station. Cosplay
1: is a whole other thing we haven't tested mm-hmm. on, but yeah, that, that is a huge part of the makerspace oh, yeah. as well.
3: And uh, there will be, uh, the individual makerspaces will be doing their, uh, quite a few uh, short demos and classes throughout the weekend uh, that'll be in, you know, one particular uh, classroom area. There's uh, eight total classrooms, so they're hoping to use them for quite a bit of the space.
1: Very cool. And yeah. I, re- I remember, I guess it was last year, a year before, that I gave a little workshop there on how to do Kickstarter projects. Mm-hmm. And so uh, there's tons of those as well that people are given demos mm-hmm. and given classrooms, you know, sit down for an hour and hear a talk. Uh, there's a lot of talks from uh, comic book, book authors or whatever, you know, yeah. just they get given an hour long session of what it's like to do oh, yeah. To, to, uh, to NASA those had things. a really good talk last year, too.
2: I think they uh, had their moon buggy there. They also, did. Also, yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. There they, oh, yeah, they oh, yeah. had oh, yeah. that. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. And a lot of NASA engineers there as well.
2: Um, think anything- so one important thing there, it's, you know, it's a two-day event. And some some two-day events, it doesn't you can go either day, and that's probably true here. But there's so much to do. I think it's only a few dollars more to get the two-day pass. I yeah. would strongly recommend it. Yeah, and oh, if yeah.
1: you if you don't live in Houston, I mean, certainly Houston's third or fourth biggest city in the country, and there's tons of people around here. But but with uh, podcast being, you know, who knows where you're listening from. There's a Maker Faire probably within a two-hour drive from you almost no matter where you live. So look mm-hmm. up uh, the websites and, and find the calendar and figure out where, where the nearest one is to you and yeah. go check it out. It is such a cool event to go to. Um, what else? Anything else? Kind of visually walk around that building and what, what are we missing there? There's there's tons of solar things. There's uh, all kinds of different types of 3D printers, You know, some 3D printers that are five or six feet wide. But there's also
0: a lot of a small like entrepreneurial kind of small business um, yep. booths. Yep. Oh, I, almost anybody can get a booth there now. They're oh, yeah. actively soliciting people yeah. to to host booths there. Uh,
3: there's a 3D printer uh, company that's actually based not far from here that is going to have a booth there, uh, called Gigabot. They do two by twos.
0: R- RE3D, yeah, yeah. Um, has the, the the three foot by three foot by three foot um, 3D printer, and then Cosine, Cosine yeah. Additive is also out of, out of Houston, and they've got oh, a God. huge. <laughs> Six by six? Six foot by six foot by six foot build area. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And I have it on strong authority that the sponsor of this podcast, Posometry, will also have a booth there. Very cool.
2: Uh, A cool booth with lots of more hands-on fun there. Yes. My my son was (laughs) at at that booth for 45 minutes or an hour. I could not feel him away. Oh, wow.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But That's just one example of tons and tons of different hands-on things to do at the... Maker Faire, uh, like you mentioned, the Houston Maker Faire has grown tremendously in the few years it's been alive, and it, it's now top three or four in the country. Yep. But uh, you know, the, there's what is the one in California that is the, the San Diego, yeah, the San Francisco, the San Francisco one. Francisco. Yeah. one. That's the big one. But, but there's tons of smaller ones uh, throughout the, the country and other cities. So look those up on the website and, and figure out how to go get them. Uh, you mentioned a 20% off code. You want to mention that one more time? And then do you have an estimate of what it costs with or without the 20% code? What is the general ballpark price for these things? Do you have an idea?
3: I honestly don't remember. It's a little bit different than it was last year. Okay. Uh, but I. Th- oh. Any ideas? No, no ideas? Uh, 15 or $20? Something
2: like yeah, that. I think, yeah, I think
3: roughly $20, $25, something, right. something around there. Uh, right. You will be saving several dollars off yeah. of our discount code, okay. which is, again, creator space. That's C-R-E-A-T-O-R-S-P-A-C-E, all lowercase. Yeah, the O-R is going to trick right. some people. Exactly. So
1: O-R, creator space, and yes. that is the discount code you use at, at the website for... The Houston Maker Fair. Yes, you right. can
3: also get to that uh, particular link through our p- personal website of creatorspace.org. Very good,
1: cool. So that that is a nice shout out for the Maker Fair, not only the Houston one but the, all of those around.
3: Uh, that's a, um, such a cool place. I didn't mention it, but the, the crazy thing is, is if next year, if this Maker Fair goes well enough, uh, right. next year we're going to have double the space. Mm -hmm. Like a full two hundred thousand square feet, going to the second floor of TRB, and will be the second largest in the country. Wow! Yes, but this one has to go well for us to secure that.
0: Maker fairs are independent of each other. Basically, Make Magazine lends you the name and a set of like lessons learned and best practices, but Houston Maker Faire is put on by Houston, not by somebody else. And San Francisco and New York—they're all independent. Operation. I know you guys. You know, it isn't moving around through. the country. These
1: are all yeah. That's, that's right. I, I, you're yeah. right. I didn't make that clear. But you guys are also, I know, connected with some of the organizers of that event, and
3: mm-hmm. and those guys get very, very yeah, busy. Jar- I know, trying Jared's to put it all on, together. Jared's
0: on the the team. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. to make yeah. this happen.
3: Yeah. yeah. Uh, busy trying to find sponsors for it. If anyone wants to sponsor it, uh, <laughs> you can you know send us an email at info at creatorspace and I'll be more than happy to talk with you through that. Uh, And we can get you you a booth and everything there as well. So uh, we we are currently actively taking sponsorships. Very
1: cool. Let's let's move on to another subject. Uh, Let's see. Brian, you mentioned something about uh, how kids can come and be involved here at the Creator Space. Sure.
2: Yeah. Yeah. We mentioned earlier that you you have to be 18 to be a member. But anyone that's a member, kind of the kids come in for free with that. So safety is a big concern, of course, anytime there's kids. And particularly around the, the power tools and, and those sorts of things, but you know we we want kids here. We want kids here. Um, when we were kids, maybe when we were the most creative, and you know that, that's also the best time to kind of put that little love for, for making in sure. you know, the best yeah. possible time. So here again, in my favorite room, the common the common area, nice nice big room, lots of tables. Um, we'll have activities where kids can participate. There was a kid working with Lego Mindstorms. Uh, just actually, you were still here, I think, when he was doing that. We have other things for kids to. Um, some some just uh, you know like show up and play with, but others if they have real projects. And we've had kids with certainly with real projects. And by kids, I mean you know young kids all the way up to teens. Yeah. Um, science yeah, you, fair projects. We have a lot oh, of yeah.
0: people walk in with science fair project questions. Well, yeah, that's <laughs>
1: great, and you're you're getting them familiar with this kind of hardware and software in this Mm -hmm. environment long before the intimidation factor sets Mm -hmm. in. You know, at the age of 16 or 18, you walk in to try to program an Arduino and uh, a typical student might be more intimidated or more scared by it. But if they've grown up with Mm -hmm. that at the age of, since the age of eight, Mm -hmm. you know, it's going to be easy to come in and try to pick up new skills. So Mm -hmm. it's definitely good to get kids involved and kind of get the next generation started. Very good. You guys have got a unique... uh, uh, I guess arrangement here with the, the city of League City. Can you guys talk about how that came about? How did uh, you guys get to work with uh, the city of League City? Why did they want you? Why did you want them? Huh. How did all that work out?
3: All okay, well, right, I'm gonna head out though. Okay, cool. Uh, yep, to.
1: I got the th- Maker Crawl to go to. Very cool. Okay. Yeah. Well, thanks for being involved, Jared. And uh, oh, no,
3: I, I greatly appreciate everything.
1: Yeah. Thanks.
0: Brian was instrumental in, into making this stuff happen. He was there at the beginning and, and hit all the all the milestones along the way. Huh.
2: <laughs> Yeah, I think it was one of those serendipitous collisions, they say. Um, so what's funny is it was actually so the last Maker Fair, right, was at George R. Brown, and when we were packing up to leave, I noticed a flyer that NASA was having the next meeting there, and it was. And you also mentioned these other industries, major industries in Houston, right, the medical and energy sector. So this conference was one for NASA to share technology with those sectors. So I thought that it was interesting. I wasn't invited to the conference, but I went to the conference. <laughs> <laughs> crashed the party. Yeah, crashed the party. Basically anybody could show up and, you know, pay a little bit and walk the floor and see the different booths. So I saw some cool VR stuff, you know, some cool NASA stuff, some things from the other industries. But then also at the end of one aisle, I was surprised oh. to see a booth from League City. Okay. So this is downtown Houston, and then, you know, League City out in the burbs was there. So, so. Leak
1: City is a smallish town, but if it was not in the shadows of Houston, it probably wouldn't be considered a smallish town. There's about 85 to 90,000 people in this town, but but it is very much a, a, a suburb, a kind of almost a forgotten mm-hmm. suburb of Houston. We've got other suburbs that are much bigger, but but anyway, a reasonable size city, but just in the shadow of, of Houston.
2: Yeah, certainly, right. And and we have, you know, League City has people working in all those sectors, right? Uh yeah. Um, but still, I was interested to see it, so I got, I met uh, Scott Livingston there, and he was at the booth, and I asked, kind of asked, what are you doing here? <laughs> and so he's just, you he mentioned he's interested in, you know, engaging in these industries. So
1: mention Scott Livingston. What, what's his title? Yeah. What's uh, his involvement?
2: So he's the Director of Economic de- Development for the city of League City. And
1: in the sake of uh, full disclosure, I actually invited him to be a part of our show today, but he's out of town for the weekend, so with any luck, I'll be able to get him on a future episode, and we'll get his perspective from the city as well.
2: I sure hope so. Yeah, he's an, he's an amazing guy. So basically, I asked, you know, would the city be interested in a makerspace? And he said, maybe. What's a makerspace? So, <laughs> so we got to have that discussion, and yeah, he was interested. Um, so that was back in November. And then, so he went to, you know, see what he could do. There's a lot of back and forth. Um, we leaned a lot on what a lot of the volunteers here have done outside of Creator space david in particular yeah, I
0: wanted, before we and quit i want to talk about some of our collaborations as well yeah and
2: those collaborations are are really i think what made us seem so viable for the city where um not, not me but a lot of the other members have and especially david put a lot of work into the into the community and so that's i think that's what league city wants uh, that why they wanted us was you know we're obviously good for technology obviously good to be we're not an incubator but man if you could park us next to an incubator i think mm-hmm. you would see a lot there and and we're already helping those people that would be going there for for further support so they want us here because yeah because to serve their city and to foster creativity and innovation right here in league city you're, you're right that it you know houston's so big you could forget about it but man there's so much going on here and in my dealings with uh, with Scott and and with the mayor and city council and so many other of the of the professionals through the city, man, they 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 are excited to have us here. They're excited to help out, and they really um, are looking to bring more technology to the area.
1: That's that's good to hear. Have you you guys have only been here for a few months? so That's perhaps not yet a fair question, but have you seen them trying to lean on you guys uh, yet of trying to say, hey, here's here's a cool thing going on in our town. We want to get all of our citizens involved, and there's an opportunity for our citizens to get smarter and better at these skills. As so,
2: uh, they've made us aware of um, events. There was a big musical event, and they you know, got us hooked up to have a booth there. I think mainly, and, and we've had yeah, lots, of good, lots of great back and forth with the city. The Chamber mm-hmm. of Commerce um, has been fantastic yes. as well. Mm-hmm. So we have all these connections I never would have thought of before. So I think it's mostly in those roots. I'm guessing they're, you know, they're not trying to lean on us for anything. They haven't, haven't demanded anything from us. They, they're happy to have us here. They've been super supportive, actually. Yeah, incredibly, yeah. incredibly, yeah, incredibly supportive, and very, very positive.
1: So why? Uh, so certainly Lake City, like you mentioned, we're here in the shadow of all these these cool tech industries. Let's pick a random town. I don't know uh, Omaha, Nebraska. Why would any other city want a makerspace in their town, what what is in it for the town, for the citizens of that town?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, I, I've thought a lot about it for for League City, so I'll speak I'll speak there, and then and then we'll see if we can abstract it a little to get okay. to Omaha. Um, you know, for them, they have all these engineers right around that work for NASA, not just engineer engineers, scientists, artists, all, all over in these sectors, the medical medical field, energy field, um, but most of the businesses are outside, right? So this is a great place for a little startup. You know, you know the rent's going to be cheaper here than than in Houston. Um, and it's a great place for that. We have all the you have all these minds, and now with this uh, place for them to meet in this makerspace, you can share your ideas and hone those ideas, and you know get your prototype going and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. So, so for Omaha or anywhere else, it's it's mainly just you know <laughs> if you build it, they will come, right? You provide a space sure. for them to meet and get together, and then they just feed off each other, right? They being makers mm-hmm. and people who didn't know they were makers, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we all love to create. Yeah, yeah absolutely. We all love to create. Think back to your <laughs> yeah. childhood if you if you forgot. Yeah, we've um,
1: all dreamed up some crazy idea for a new mm-hmm. product and, and maybe not have the time or the energy or the way to go about following through with it, but we've all had those thoughts, so it's it's great to have a place to be able to do that.
2: Right, mm-hmm. or even if it's not about, maybe not about the end product, just the process of creating right. something. People yeah. tinker,
0: people build um don't, don't rule out the good old boys who have always been making stuff. Working, we have people work on cars. I mean, oh, it's yeah. just yeah, sure. it, making is making, yeah.
2: And it's fun, and yeah, and to be around people, you know, like like David said, I don't think many of us would be hanging out if not for this right. space. We're not necessarily that similar, but mm-hmm. we except for that we love making things together. Mm-hmm. And even if even if I'm never going to be interested in some abstract, you know, electronics thing, vacu- you know, some vacuum pump with whatever man, I love seeing it be built and see yeah. how it Yeah, works. it's
1: inspiring to see someone yeah. else do that, and, and that may give you an idea of something you... We're all you... curious, and yeah. we
0: all love to learn. Okay, yep. that's, that's a big thing. Learning never ends. And that's one thing that... that... They beat out of kids, but learning never ends. <laughs> That's true. That's definitely true. And then
2: there's all the you know other benefits to the community. Like right? many of us here, mm-hmm. you know, volunteer with um, student programs mm-hmm. or you know work with yeah work with students in school or at the library. And, mm-hmm. and now you have a place to go with those. With those have questions.
1: you done anything that is uh, very blatant to reach out to the schools? Can you, do you have any direct involvement with school programs or projects yet? Not yet. Would no, you like
0: well, to? Um, we worked. <laughs> <laughs>
2: So school-wise, so we've we've met with um, you know we've met with uh, someone on the school board repeatedly. Yep. Right. Um, I've got a meeting next week with a director of uh, of school libraries. You know, there's mm-hmm. many many libraries. And right. What I love is, I mean, so League City or the, the school district here is much is much larger than just League City, and they have um, a lot of their libraries are getting maker spaces. So yeah. that's one way we're communicating things mm-hmm. we can help you know direct because if you're a librarian, you may really love the maker movement and love. That that's happening, but have no idea how to start, because how would you know, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a weird thing yeah. people hear about. And,
0: and we've been working with libraries for uh, several years oh, now. Yeah. We started with um, the Freeman Library. Um, they have a makerspace in the library. They actually came mm-hmm. to us because they knew about us. We've been having meetings there. Um, and for when we were homeless for about a year, we actually met there every week. And uh, so they've got you know several three D printers and a laser cutter and a three D scanner and they do you know electronics and stuff there, and it's it's just another aspect of the library.
2: And it's an incredible. So, they've done such an incredible job. Yes. I cannot believe how much they've done. But, with yeah, that but space. that's not unique
1: to that library. There's tons of libraries all throughout the country that right, are doing but, the same but, thing. but um,
0: this was the first library in, in Texas. Oh, I okay, see. Okay. Yeah. And it was the county library. So there's several county libraries that we're now doing it. The one in Seabrook also has a makerspace. Yes, I've heard about that um, and, and they've
2: given talks. I mean, the, the people from this library have given talks statewide and nationwide about, how to, about right. how to do it and, you know, successes and failures oh, yeah, and all yeah, that. Oh, yeah. We've
0: got people who've done Engines for Ingenuity. Um, oh, wow, very good. Uh, that's Fitz- a, that's Fitz- another
1: podcast slash radio show out of the University of Houston, uh, Engines uh, of Our Ingenuity, and yeah. that's a heck of a show and to and listen Fitz- to. Fitz Walker's really done good.
0: that at least half a dozen yeah, times. Yeah, for NPR. Um, yeah. We um, want to talk a little bit about some of the other collaborations we've done. We've had a working partnership with the Baker Ripley, uh, formerly known as the yes. Neighborhood Centers Incorporated, for the last three or four years. Uh, they are the one of the largest nonprofit um, organizations in, in Houston. Uh, they probably service 600,000 people a year in, in the city of Houston. They've got half a dozen. What
1: is their main charter? What does what that group do?
0: They... Um, they're primarily focused on the immigrant community, um, recent immigrants, and even second or third generation. So um, they try to provide services that the cities don't provide. So because the, the Houston area actually covers a lot of individual cities, when a city steps up to providing, you know, ESL or you know, food programs or things like that, they stop doing it. They don't they basically are trying to fill in the holes. They have free medical clinics, free legal clinics, they have at least two uh, charter schools on two different parts okay, of town. So, so
1: they're reaching out to underserved communities and then yes. how do you guys plug in and help with that mission? Well
0: it turns out uh, my wife serves on their advisory board for the one in Pasadena, Cleveland Ripley House. And uh, they ended up with a bunch of excess computers that that were just in a storage closet. And they needed to
1: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, It's like 600 computers, right? Well,
0: it it started off with 80. And then it was like, can you guys use them? And it's like, well, it turns out we can't actually use 80 computers. But (laughs) we kept a few. And uh, we wiped them, put uh, Linux, Mint on it, and LibreOffice. So we basically put free software on that didn't require any kind of licensing. And uh, Mint we chose because it's really easy to use. It does not require you to Google anything to figure it out. And we gave them back, and they get them to people in the community who otherwise would not have computers, uh, primarily so that, people with children in, in so school. So otherwise,
1: these, these computers would probably end up in a landfill yep. somewhere, yes, right? Yes, they they,
0: get, they were going. They get ground yeah. up, sent to China, to be melted down by small children. Great, so yes. you guys have refurbished them and put them We've back in the homes over of the community. We've done over 300 of those at this point. And so, they're back
1: in the homes of the community in, from which yes, they came. Yes, and, and
0: they're... Um, they're so grateful and so thankful for having yes. this, this, this capability. I, I've been to a couple of people's houses and they've literally built shrines to these computers. The kids know like all about them inside <laughs> and out. But this is how the kids get their homework and turn their homework in these days. Yeah. Without that capability, it, it's almost impossible. You're at a huge disadvantage in school. The city of Pasadena had made a commitment to having internet access at the home of every child in the school district. They made a deal with Comcast, so even if you couldn't afford it, you would have internet access. And that's, if that's, you don't have a computer, that's not helpful.
1: Just to be clear, that's Pasadena, Texas, another yes. relatively small city <laughs> yeah. in the uh, outskirts of Houston, southeast of Houston, not to be confused with Pasadena, California. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's a really neat program. When I heard about that, that we're taking computers that that uh, if you and I had them, we might think they're, they're old and, and, mm-hmm. and not very valuable. But when they are put in a home that otherwise doesn't have a computer, they're highly valuable. Yeah. There,
0: there's, there's so many things, even applying for a job, you need a computer, and you need internet access for these days. That's your first step. So if you go to the library, they're going to kick you off in an hour. Somebody else needs to use that computer. And their child health insurance program for the state of Texas takes at least, three, basically when you log in, it's going to take you three hours to finish this. Wow. So that means you have to take
1: three days off of work to go to the library. Or do it in the evening at the computer you have now in your house. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. and
0: again, the neighborhood center has people who will walk you through those processes. So, so and that's, a, for
1: it. that's a really good answer to the question we talked about a few minutes ago about why are these uh, maker spaces good for the community, and that, mm-hmm. that's a great way to do it. I wonder if there are more ways, more creative ways that that the room full of nerds, I use that term affectionately, uh, in, in these kind of spaces can turn around and really get a good effort back out of the community in, in ways such as that. Are there other ways that, that these, these groups well, can do certainly
2: that? Certainly the, the uh, laser etching program, laser right. cutting program. Yeah,
0: right? um, uh, we applied for a small grant and, and bought a laser cutter to take into the community to teach people how to make art. So we've taken this to, um, again, the neighborhood centers. But we taught 40 kids at least three times, four times, how to make art using the laser so the emphasis was on creating things so we give give kids internet access i watched high school kids stay on task for 5 hours straight it was absolutely astounding yeah that's, that's really that's really <laughs> And they all got to you know take something home that they designed and then you know yeah
2: i think it's amazing because it's it's one of these times where I don't think those students would have thought that they would be able to do this kind of thing, mm-hmm. right? It's just because they haven't seen it. They haven't seen it done before that particular thing. But now it comes to them. They have the tools there, the people there for five hours. Right. Go through it, and at the end, they see it done, and it's yeah. just this so empowering and enabling and addictive, frankly, to making. Yeah, we're only like
1: five or eight years removed from our first three D printer was saw on YouTube online somewhere, mm-hmm. and now. You know, homes have them. One, yes. one of the students I work with out of Baytown has got a three D printer in his house. Uh, mm-hmm. Most schools have got them now, mm-hmm. and we're only a few ways, a few years uh, past when that that was just not possible. Right. So all right. of this technology being brought into the hands like, of one people. of the
0: exciting things we did. Um, we brought a bunch of dead computers and dead printers to this high school group and gave them screwdrivers and told them to rip them apart and save the good pieces. And nobody had ever asked them to break something before in their <laughs> entire lives. It was very empowering. You would get a pat on the back if you break this printer. Yes. <laughs> there are motors. There are boards there's yeah. memory chips there's hard drives so a ton of stuff you can harvest from those things yeah so the, the, back to
2: the demystifying that yeah. mentioned yeah, earlier you, yeah. could, you know that's the thing pop the hood what's yeah. under there People so that.
1: dot matrix pr- printer has a whole lot in common with a 3d printer just exactly. yeah. you get two or three of those yeah. you can build one from scratch yeah, yeah. <laughs> so those are are good things to kind of tear apart and learn about and then yeah. the belts in there could be used for 3d printers as well mm-hmm. but very good uh Anything else we want you guys want to touch on here? I actually I know something we have forgotten. How does the if we have a listener here nearby within driving range? How do they come and be a member of, of your group of creator space? What does it cost per month? How how does that work?
0: Okay, but membership is forty dollars a month. We're probably half the, the cost of any other makerspace in the city. Um, that gives you access to the space. Uh, we say twenty four seven. Basically, if there are members here, you can you can call up or um, we have a, a Slack. Slack, which is a chat program that turns out to be useful. <laughs> and, uh, so you can find out if people are here and what people are working on. We have uh, channels devoted specifically to that. Um, if you've been here long enough, um, you can get your own key and then you can come and go a- as you please. We have people here really late at night. There there, are odd nights when people are like leaving here at 5 in the morning. Um, it kind of depends on, on what's, who's working on what.
1: Um, so you're saying forty dollars a month. month so if someone had some project they wanted to work on right. and they wanted to buy a laser cutter yeah you could spend a couple thousand bucks on a laser cutter mm-hmm. or more I right. mean, some of those are twenty or yeah. thirty thousand dollars yeah or you could come here and spend forty dollars a month yeah. and in a few months when your bro- project's done you you can you can drop your membership if you want you wouldn't you want could. to yeah but from a practical standpoint mm-hmm. it's, it's a way to save money if you've got projects to do yeah but from an intellectual standpoint you can come here and you use a laser cutter then you see someone else doing word work and you think oh man I want to go Word, 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 word mm-hmm. In fact,
0: we had somebody who so. basically bought his own laser because he saw all the cool things you can do with it, and he yeah. just wanted like undevote un- like the, you know unlimited time on
2: it. But of course, he's still a member. He's still a <laughs> member, <Yes. the> <laughs> but, but he members. would never have
0: thought of, vi- of doing anything with a laser until he'd seen one in action.
2: Again, yeah. part of the reason it's really about the the community. You know, you can learn from each other, learn what works, mm-hmm. what doesn't work, when it breaks, how you debug it, all those mm-hmm. things.
1: Yeah, and then someone's going to be here to help you with the uh, the one line of code that you screwed up. Nobody's ever as-
0: walked in here with a problem that we can at least point you in the right direction.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's, that's that. very good. Very good. Well, uh, well, thank you for being with us here with the Creator Space. Um, before we end, we're going to do a segment that I call the Illuminate segment. It is a segment for uh, you guys to shine a light on some something related to what you guys are working with and you maybe kind of get a little uh, shout out to a, a group, uh, maybe a book, maybe a website, something that, uh, that you, you support.
0: Um, again, I want to make a shout out to Baker Ripley. They're, they do an amazing job. They're, um, they're the largest charitable organization in Houston that nobody has ever heard of. They're building a, a $20 million facility up in the north side of town um, with money from Chevron and a lot, a lot of corporate sponsors, which will have a built-in makerspace, which will be specifically for job training. Partly because of their their they're working with us to, to realize the value of doing something like that.
1: And that's Baker Ripley. How, Baker do, we, Ripley. how do we find out more about them? Uh,
0: BakerRipley.org. One word. B-A-K-E-R-R-I-P-L-E-P-L-E-Y.org.
1: Yeah. yeah. Okay. BakerRipley.org. <laughs> yeah. Very good and uh, brian you got something you want to give a shout out to
2: yeah I'm, i do i'm going to circle back to to league city as well but first just more generally you know the the community uh in this area clear lake the chamber of commerce and the, the school district and and then league city itself has been incredibly warm and it's just you know people have so much joy in their face when they come talk about this space or we can talk about you know what what's going on at Cleveland Ripley that's that's really why I think what vetted us for the city is them seeing um, our partnership there and you know the legitimacy that we can help with the community but man League City I was I, I get this picture of governments in general as being you know all paperwork red tape and it's a bunch of dry dry meetings and dry conversations and just about money um, but that's not at all the case in League City they mm-hmm. they love their people and they want to they want to offer good things to their people and they also they do want to bring in tech companies here so I say anyone that's um, you know got a got a startup going or maybe a mature tech company you know look look to League City look to uh, Scott Livingston and the as the director of economic development and you know give him a call and see if it makes sense it did for us and Man, there were so many roadblocks along the way. I can't tell you how many like weekend and late night calls and emails I got from Scott, you know. He's he's supposed to be way off the clock at that point, but he's just he's just working and working to make things happen. Um, and I think it's that way for the for a lot of the city, uh, a lot of the city officials. I mean, they, they love their city and they they want it to flourish. And I think it's a, a really ripe place for for technology. To Very come.
1: cool. So we're giving a shout out to League City and to Baker Ripley, mm-hmm. and I'm going to give a shout out to uh, FRC First Robotics Co- Competition, mm-hmm. something I've been involved with for a lot of years. Uh, you can find that at firstinspires.org, and they are a. Uh, Robotics competition for not only high school, I've been involved at the high school uh, level, but but also middle school and intermediate uh, school, middle school. Uh, it's a great way to get your students involved in the kind of things that are celebrated here at the Makerspaces. And that's the story from Creator Space here in League City, Texas. Check them out at Creatorspace.org, C-R-E-A-T-O-R, space.org. I'm Jim Fox, and thank you for tuning in to the Lumenovation podcast, where we shine a light on innovation, creativity, entrepreneurship, and the creative people who make our world a better and more interesting place to live.